VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Andrew, Sunzi, Stephanie, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Goradica, Vance, Boise, Jeremy, Ali, Nathan, Jennifer with the PH, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karoon. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group where we hang out daily. I definitely would probably be murdered by someone named Alchemy, and she would probably be a stripper. I mean, Alchemy would not be her real name. Are you trying to say Alizé? (laughs) (laughs) Alchemy! This movie has it all. Psychics, quadruple shotguns. Quad shots. The most successful ice cream man who's ever lived. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, we watched Phantasm, Phantasm 2. 2. So what did you guys think about Phantasm 2? Perfect. It, yeah, I have no notes. It's wildly better than the first one. Oh, so much better. So much better than yeah. the first one. Even like just shot better than the first one, which... When we watched the first one, we were like, what the fuck even is this? And people were like, no, it's amazing. I think they saw this one and were like, trust me, it gets great. And they were right, Paige. It does get great. It does. I I mean, now, granted, does it make sense? No. No. Does anything get explained? Absolutely not. Uh, First off, it explains everything. You see, the Jawas come from Earth. No. And they have a tall man killing people to send them to Tatooine to become Jawas. That's exactly what the movie says. It's the human to Jawa pipeline and not enough Alex Joneses mm. are talking about it. If you, first of all, I when Mikey watched the first one and was like, they're secret agents, I was like, you're full of shit. And then in this movie, they basically they are. are. Yeah. From what I've surmised from the, the first one and this one, he collects bodies and shrinks them down because of the gravity of his home world where they harvest spice in the sands of Arrakis. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but uh-huh. also they're Jawas for some reason. It's because the gravity the on gravity. Arrakis is so yeah, high. No, I yeah. know, but I don't know why they have to dress as Jawas. Like, to protect against the sun, Paige. Okay. I don't know why they're not <laughs> dressing like Fremen and shit. Paige, he reanimates the bodies with his yellow fluid. The <laughs> the embalming mustards? Yes. Sure. 
Which honestly, yeah, this at movie the end, is so goddamn weird. I know. At the end of the movie, when they inject him with the hydrochloric mustard acid, I was like, "This is the best <laughs> I've ever." Like, I'm so happy right now, dude. There's a Bacter in this movie. I know, Paige. It literally has everything. There's a sex scene where people talk with their minds. <laughs> oh, but that sex scene—it's not the two of them having sex. It's no, I know. The I, girl they, they, who like I like to think they boned after, and we just don't see it. But we did get to see their pillow talk without any talking <laughs> there's no way that they like haven't had sex in their dreams the first time they met they kissed oh yeah they have the most healthiest long distance relationship i've ever seen well when you're telepathically commuting with your other person you like know if they're being faithful or not like you can just like tune into their thoughts yeah mikey i don't want to upset you but this is definitely a ray and kylo ren situation this movie is where they got the idea that makes for sense. kylo ben and ray mike yeah. is no ben you know he's a good guy or kind of he like gets out of his psychiatric institute goes home tells his buddy your family's about to blow up then convinces him his delusions are real we need to hit the road and murder this guy we'll just go down to town and look for it with a bunch of weapons but also we've seen a lot of strange filmmaking choices in our time on this show like hush puppy heads <laughs> like hush puppy like a heads. lot we've seen a lot of weird shit like backers uh, <laughs> This movie does something strange that I don't think I've ever seen before, which is... Fetishizes a bald man with long hair around the outside, <laughs> the bed skirt, as I like to call it. I don't like to think that they're the only people that have done that. Danny DeVito exists. But in this movie, <laughs> they spend a wild amount of time in voiceovers, but not just one character. Like, typically when you have a voiceover... Yeah. It's, it's one person. It is your main character. Right. I literally wrote a note. I was like, we're 20 minutes in and the second person has just spoken his first VO line. And that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, but also, because it, it ends up being Reggie has VO, Mike has VO, Liz has VO. Yeah. But they never say whose VO is happening. Right. So you just have to like kind of determine whose voice is who. Oh, I knew. They they have a unique voice. They do, but they'll often play their voice over over other characters, which means that like half the time you're like, why does she have Reggie's voice in her head? It's the most baffling, confusing thing yeah. I've ever seen in a movie. It's so crazy. It is crazy. I loved it. It's, it's the closest we come to feeling what it would feel to be psychic. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that's, I think what they're trying to get across, but it also is not, I mean, it's very funny. I don't know that it's, I mean, whatever. I, it's not effective. Yeah, I was here for it though. But this movie, like, there's no point in giving notes because <laughs> yes. if you were actually trying to make this a good movie, it wouldn't be good. Because, like, the script isn't there, whatever. Like, the story's not there. The world building's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the just so many reasons why you shouldn't let this change at all. Like, it needs to be this perfect little weird, terrible, awesome thing. And I loved it. I was like, whoever decided to, like, make this fully 11 or 12 years after the original. Yeah. Like, that person deserves an Oscar. Like, it's the same director, I think, right? It's got to be the same guy, right? It is. Did he like, 
hit the lottery like in the mid 80s and was like, I have to make Phantasm 2? There's like six of them. The, the most recent one was in 2016. I know. Paige, they're making them really in like modern time. Yes. Yes. And Reggie's in it. I know. He's still alive. This is quickly becoming. The, the best franchise I never saw growing up. Oh, I knew that he knew what he was doing when the guy's shattered bones said Sam Raimi on it. Yes, I saw that too. Oh, I did not see that. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was the name of the corpse. Well, yeah. that that might explain all of the things that they stole from Evil Dead in this movie. Uh, So there's that. Yeah, I did like the chainsaw duel. Chainsaw duel, <laughs> the quad gun. I was like, this, this is clearly someone being like, here's my boomstick. Here's my double boomstick. That is wild. what it is. It is a double boomstick, which means it's four <laughs> it's barrels that he shoots one time, one time at an and enemy. Then throws it away. I was so mad he threw it away, Paige. I know. I was mad too. Well, because he, he, they cut off his uh, bandolier. He spent seven hours welding two double barrel shotguns together and then sawing yeah. the barrels in a weird pointless pattern and he shot it once and threw it away and threw it away insanity here's what i think happened to for this movie to get made and i might be right i might be wrong i think he made the first one and people saw it and they were like what the fuck is this <laughs> like we did where we were just like i don't know what to say or how to describe what I've just experienced, but I'm here for it. And I yes. think it became kind of a cult classic and that allowed him to secure funding to make more because this movie compared to the last oh, one, yeah. like, like there's some holdover weird things like this is empire strikes back compared yes! to the first oh, yes. one. Mikey, 100%. I was like, oh, you get to see what the Jawas look like. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But you still have a contact paper interior. <laughs> like, th that's still a thing. Uh, well, you have to be able to burn it down with a simple flamethrower, okay? You have to be able to burn it down with a flamethrower. But, like, if you remember the first one, there's, like, repeated footage and stuff because they don't have money. There's, like, yeah. you know, things are shot from just, like, one static angle. It's, like, not really done well this movie there's a shot where they like shoot someone's feet coming out of a car and walking around a car and opening a trunk and i was like okay tarantino shit <laughs> like what are we doing were we doing like real ass camera work in this movie i know but there are so many shots where a good editor would have cut probably 10 minutes out of this movie oh yeah just by Cutting the scene when the action in the scene is over. Like, there's one scene where they, like, run to the car, get in the car, start driving away, and then we watch them drive for, like, 10, 15 seconds completely out of frame. And you're like, why did we have to sit here and watch? My brain could have put together they continued driving. No, I liked it. The pacing was great. It was, like, 90 minutes tops. It's 97 minutes. And it could have been... It could have been 89 minutes. <laughs> It, it, man, it could have been 70 minutes, Paige. Like, <laughs> yeah, for the amount of story that's yes. actually in this movie. But I, I say all that, I wouldn't cut it. This is the perfect film as it is. Exactly. I think that that kind of plays into the weirdness of it. So many people are easily convinced of the wildest things. Oh, yes. Where he's Mikey. like, your house is going to blow up. Your house blows up. So everything you said was real. And also, I love that it take it just starts immediately after the other one finishes. Yeah, with footage that we never saw in the other one, but it's played in a flashback. That's because they went back and shot that. With the original actor? Well, yeah, Reggie is the original guy from the first one, right? And then it's recycled footage of Michael or a dummy. Yes. Yes, every time they show Michael in the current, like, it's still a flashback, but it is right. fully a dummy. I think it's honestly like, 
a 12 year old girl in a boy's wig and that's what it looks like possibly yeah yeah you could tell that they were pulling a bit of an evil dead yeah to be honest with you like relitigating the first film well they had to clear up some things because some yes. of it clearly made no sense well, the first film was supposed to be like an allegory for grief or whatever. And the second film, they're like, no, it's really aliens. We got to go murder them. Mikey, that's very friendly of you. The first film makes no sense. And this one does not either. Neither does Grief Page. Well, and, and everyone's like, it's supposed to be dream logic. And I'm like, it's no logic. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> like, no is... logic. Uh, <laughs> and it ends the same way. And I was also here for that because I was like, okay, good. There's six more. Oh, the ending of this movie is fucking nuts. But I'm here for it. Oh, yeah. I'm here for all the entire ride. Yeah, every one of them needs to end like that. And then we pick up the next one like right after, I hope. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happens in the next one. but Another thing I love about them, the Dyson Cube funeral homes that are much much larger on the inside than they are on the outside <laughs> oh man yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the tardis the tough sheds of this movie uh -huh. <laughs> i do love that like as he goes and picks up mike from the asylum or wherever he was they drive home and reggie's family explodes in a freak stove gas explosion incident or whatever that explodes the whole yeah. house insert explosion here yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. and that's like 15 minutes into the movie and that's the second time that same guy's <laughs> house has exploded from a gas explosion yes two times to the same guy like there's no way yeah, he's not serial like, arsonist yeah if i was the insurance company i'd be like no Yo, we already paid you for that first one. We're not paying you for doing it again. Reggie didn't even put the claim in the second time. He packed his car. He was like, they're never going to believe it. I'm going yes. on the lam yes. because they're going to assume I murdered my family. Right. Mike was like, remember everything I told you about the alien man coming and stealing the bodies? He's like, they murdered your family. So are you in? Or are you out? And he's like, I guess now I'm in because I have nothing to live for? Question mark. Here's my question. Where was Mike when the family was being set up? Like, I think maybe Mike exploded that house to get Reggie to come along with him. I thought about that, too. But Mike was in the hospital and Reggie picked him up from the hospital. Or was he? <laughs> I also hate it. I hate in this movie every time they're like, it's just a dream. It's not really happening. And then he's like, no, it's not. And I'm like. What is a dream? Like, I just need to know. Hang on, hang on. Do you really need to know what a dream is? I feel like that's a very basic no, concept. I don't need a dream is when a middle-aged Mikey-like character turns to a very attractive woman and says, I'll stay with you if you want. And then she immediately takes off her shirt. That's how I knew she was evil. Me too. When she was into bed-skirted dudes, I was like, there's no way. That she's not in on it. She's not good sex, though. She's not. That was, uh, was no, a little that rough. Would, that would destroy your genitals. They don't have sex. She's fully wearing her underwear. He's fully clothed. Like, they did not have sex in this movie. No, no, no. He just has bruised genitals. Because yes. she's slamming down on them. Yeah, she broke that old man's dick. Controversial <laughs> yeah. stance on Reggie. If they just changed his hair, it wouldn't be so bad, and I'd believe it in a Bruce Willis way. Yes, if they just shaved his head. That's a, that's kind of what I was gonna say. Because it's not like he's yeah, he's not like a pudgy sort of a dude. Like especially in this movie, he's like an action hero. He's in better shape in this movie than he was in the first movie. But if mm -hmm. you would just shaved his head, I would have bought it more. Not just that. I he dealt with his confidence issues. He like got in shape. He met a wife after he put Mike in an institution and then he had kids and he was like, man, my friend's family had all these tragedies and then like, I'm going to go pick him up because I'm still a good guy. 
and like you're gonna love Uncle Mike and blah 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 blah, and then they all blow up, and so like he is mentally just done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did buy that he would go on the lamb and like just go after the tall man, which at the end of the day is just a tall man. Like, yeah, that's not really that scary. Like the fact that these are horror movies is weird to me on some level. He is a tall man, but he is a zombie alien bug thing as well. Yeah, yes. I get that there are horror <laughs> yeah. elements, and you're not wrong. Zombie alien bug. He's thing like a, an alien crustacean that can put on a human shell because he can transform the way he looks too. Because he is the girl. Yes, he was a naked lady in the original. I forgot about that. Yes, which is why the girl doesn't know how to have sex, which is proven in this movie. She's just like, I don't know, ride it like it's a horsey. Do you think he was her having sex with yes, him? It definitely was because we see her transform into him at the end. That's right, because the girl from the first film didn't know how to have sex. Yes, yes I know. Like, girls getting naked oh. in Phantasm movies and being bad at sex is a trope of the Phantasm Cineverse, and I'm here for it. Oh, I cannot believe I'm, I'm sick, and that's I'm going to have to blame myself being sick for missing that, but you're absolutely right. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for coming yeah, wow. to my TED Talk, your tall man talk. <laughs> okay, but if the tall man hot looked really pretty, would you hit it, yes or no? I say yes. Well, I, we know you would, Mikey. That's how you die in one of these movies. Um... Actually, the tall man couldn't be too pretty yeah because if they were too pretty and they were like mikey let's bone right now mikey would be like nah i ain't dying tonight alchemy was too pretty you're right. the tall man <laughs> alchemy's too pretty if i was like i'm hunting a tall man and they were like let's have sex i'd be like you're that man <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be careful though because sometimes you're wrong and then you kill an innocent person who only wanted to sleep with you ask oscar pistorius that's what i want from the <laughs> third movie is him shooting an attractive woman after she after she wants to have sex, not knowing if it's the tall man or not, and then we find out. I mean, either way is good. I I think that would just be a great scene in this in this franchise. How how hot are we talking? Like, if I have to bone tall man, what's he look like? What's my? I mean, like shoulders clearly. He's got to look like Aquaman. Aquaman or anybody. Right. They can look like anybody, guys. Like, why why don't you just? She, she wants to know who would he look like to to bone Paige. It would be whoever Paige wants to bone. All right. It would be like dating Mystique, guys. Like, it would be like that. And I would be like, you know what, That's Mystique? Hot. I want you to be you. But mainly because I have a blue fetish. And it started probably yeah. seeing the blue man group at a young age. I'm just picturing Todd boning Mystique, but then also like, bing, boom, bing, 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 <laughs> and drumming on a bunch of PVC pipes. Hey, guys, listen to this new PVC pipe jam I've been working on. <laughs> That's how I keep rhythm is my blue man group album. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. I wish I hadn't seen Blue Man Group five times, guys. No, Todd. What? Love me. I just love me some Blue Man Group. There are only a handful of things I've seen that many times. I'm a drummer, and they do put on a silly, fun, weird show. It's always weird. I bought this movie. I just need to disclose that. Yeah, I. I believe you. I wish I had. I was like, it's only nine dollars more. I was like, ah, I'll go ahead. Worth it. Here's what I want to want to ask so he's a man shell filled with <laughs> crab parts and mustard <laughs> he is a crab man mustard sandwich yes he is, go he on is a, yes he is a he's a space crab mustard man sandwich <laughs> he's a spring roll sure how much better would this be if it was a different space bug man sandwich shell and it was 
Vincent D'Onofrio from Men in Black in that role. I could see Vincent D'Onofrio from Men in Black playing the tall man. Yes, that would work so fucking well. Just in an Edgar suit. Just like... (laughs) I knew this movie was going to be nuts when three minutes in, Reggie is using the barrel of a shotgun. He's like holding it in his hands and he's swinging the butt of the shotgun like a bat hitting somebody. If ever at any point that trigger got pressed, he would have shot himself in the stomach or in the chest. Well, it wasn't loaded. That was why he was looking for ammo. Oh, okay. That makes so much more sense to me because I was like, that is, what is happening? But I yelled (laughs) what is happening like nine times in this movie out loud. I yelled it and Jake came running from two rooms over like, are you okay? And I was like, no, my brain contains this movie now. I knew we were in for some weird shenanigans when I watched Reggie climb up a laundry like shoot. Yeah. I was like, there's no way that man could climb up a laundry shoot. Like you just Just couldn't do it. Straight vertical. Yeah. There's no way you're doing that, sir. I can tell you're crawling through a tube in someone's driveway and they've (laughs) like switched perspectives i i know what's happening come up to the roof have a few fudgesicles <laughs> oh god this movie I, like i will never be the same now i just want to do three like i know we I know. can't just immediately yeah. do three but i fucking want to that's what i want to do i want to watch the, i was like there's four more of these i've got to watch them there's six total yeah I- Thing? I believe so. Uh, hold on, I'll, guys. I'll verify. Soft pitch. What if we just make this Phantasm month? Oh, I'm so down. <laughs> I'm so down. Do you guys want to hear the synopsis for Phantasm Three? Yes. Lord of the Dead. Oh shit! That's the name of it. It's a one sentence synopsis. Oh, I love efficiency. Please continue. Mike and Reggie continue to hunt the mysterious tall man. How Reggie's dead? <laughs> Reggie can't die, Paige. He can never die. (laughs) Discovering along the way that the invasion has already begun. We know the invasion has begun. That takes place in the first movie. What do you think them coming to Earth and stealing bodies is, if not an invasion of sorts? A gentleman never asks and a lady never tells. (laughs) But also, they change the actor who plays Michael in every film. People are not here for Michael. They're here for Reggie, whose name is also Reggie Bannister. Yeah, Reggie is not playing a character guys reggie is just fully reggie in this movie so here here's the thing uh the guy who played michael in this movie has been in a fuck ton of stuff since really yeah good for i recognized him i don't know what to tell you this movie's great but let's get into it so we can talk about a scene by a beautiful beautiful scene Let's do it. This movie, no credits. <laughs> not, not at all, really. We just right we just to it. Right to it. We open on a blonde girl we have never met. Uh, there's yep. no explanation for who she is or how she comes into the story. For a hot second, I thought maybe she was the daughter of the fortune teller from the last movie. Turns out, completely unrelated. That would have been a nice little reveal, though, right? Sure. But instead, no. She goes into the kitchen. She checks all the burners on her stove. And I think it's because she's seeing what's about to happen to Reggie's family. She just doesn't know who it is. That makes sense. She opens her journal where she's like, eight years ago, I met you and like Mike and Reggie. But she hasn't. She has not met them in person at all. In her mind, Paige. She met them in her mind. In in her mind where she has drawn sketches of them. This person is a podcast fan. Oh, parasocial relationships. Do you think Reggie and Mike just have like a phantasm podcast she's like super into? No, they have a they have a true crime podcast called Hunting the Tall Man. <laughs> it's got the serial music. Mm-hmm. 
Where were you when the tall man stole your grandma's body and turned her into a Jawa? Honestly, if someone wants to take my body and turn it into a Jawa, at least somebody, you know, it's probably more useful than it would be otherwise. I have said on this podcast, I believe that once I'm dead, I don't really care what you do with my body. So like, whatever. I mean, donate my organs if they're usable, but like, if not, Jawa the shit out of me. Is there a line there what you wouldn't care about? Not really. I'm not using it. Yeah, same. Like once I'm dead, it is useless to me. Oh, so Paige, you agree with me then? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if Todd dies first, we're going to do a weekend at Bernie's. Mikey, I would be honored (laughs) if you would use my body to just weekend the Bernie's the fuck out of me. We'll just do a live show and I'll be like, (laughs) you know how I love capturing stuff for content, Mikey. I feel like that would be like, honestly... The sweetest thing you guys could do with my body. Who's gonna edit it? Damn it. <laughs> Todd will look. He's editing right now. He's on the keyboards. I'm doing puppet like mannequin things. Yeah. You can't see that at home. Visual gags are great for uh, audio medium. Use your mind's eye like, what's her name? What's her name? Rachel? Heather? Liz. Liz. Oh, God. Anyway, so she's like journaled and drawn pictures of them. And she's just like, now he's after me, the tall man. But like, and this is her like recapping the first movie. Her journal's great, too, because it's like Mike with a heart circled around. Oh, yes. They have been having brain sex. Oh, there's no way they haven't been on dates in their mind because they like oh yeah when they first meet each other and go back to the house and fall asleep on the bed instantly kiss right well they instantly kiss when they first meet each other and then they go back to like the b&b or whatever and fall asleep yeah and then wake up and have like that mind conversation like, where i they, love you yes where they say they love each other i was like you just met this person four hours ago no see here's the thing todd for eight years she's been two knuckles deep while she's having mind <laughs> conversations with him <laughs> Oh, wow. I honestly thought like her middle finger was just in a long bath. It's all pruned up. <laughs> it's very pruny. They're just doing platonic brain sex. You know how it is. They're, you know, yeah, you know like, like, in, uh, like Demolition, demolition Man. man. Yeah, <laughs> demolition Man. Hell yeah, 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 yeah. Like that time uh, Sylvester Stallone banged his daughter in Demolition Man or whatever the theory is on that. Google it. I don't know if I believe that, but. There is, okay, so there's a lot of evidence that maybe it was cut out of the script and the script has changed. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. not canon, but they wanted it to be, but then they got the studio note of like, don't do that. My belief is in the version where it was included in the script, there probably was not a sex scene. That's what I think too. That makes sense. Yeah. And Stallone showed up and like, who's playing the, the girl? Yeah, I want a banger. Put it in. Put it in the scripts. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, Todd, <laughs> I do kind of believe that. That it was like, no, no, no. We have to have a love interest. And if she's the daughter, she can't be. So like, and then that's when that was cut. And that's when the sex scene was yeah, added. That makes so much sense. But then they sense. weren't going to do a page one rewrite. So like, they left in pieces of it so you can kind of piece it back together. That's yeah. so wild. But that's coming from the man who, like, when he read the book Cobra, called the guy who wrote the book Cobra and was like, hey, I want to have written the book Cobra. How much would it cost for you to send that book to me and say that I wrote the book Cobra? Like, that is not a joke. That is a I, ask he did for whoever that I author know. was. That is I know, insane. but I also love the, I. I love the saying, I want to have written the yes. book Cobra. Hey, I want to have written a lot of things. Same, same. I didn't know that you could just like pay someone to do that. Like that's insane. It's wild. 
But he did call and ask. He didn't Shia LaBeouf it, right. allegedly, right? So Yeah, no, 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 he did. He, there was contracts in, in place, like, and people do that surprisingly often. People ghostwrite for other people all the time. Yeah, that is pretty common. It's just usually not after the fact. Yeah. So funny. We got to get into this movie, I was like, though, where the fuck are we in this movie? <laughs> we literally just started. We're at her started. dream sequence, yeah. We're, yeah, we're still in her dream sequence where she's like, I found the tall man. He's easy to find in a crowd. Because yeah. he's so <laughs> tall. He's tall. Dude has to duck through doorways and shit. I do think it's funny that his base setting is someone that super fucking sticks out. Yeah. Like he wouldn't want to look like just a regular person. No, he he is either a very tall, gaunt man or a hot babe who doesn't know how to have sex. Okay, friends, if you were a very grumpy being made out of mustard crabs and preeple. <laughs> preeple? Wouldn't you, wouldn't your default setting be grumpy old man? If you were just filled with mustard and crabs? Yeah, probably. So he's like, he's just living his best life. He's just being his authentic self. Sometimes he turns into an attractive woman and tries to fuck somebody. Yeah, to remind him of the time an attractive woman gave him crabs. <laughs> and he put mustard on it, but that's not what you gotta do. You gotta go get, you know, like some other cream. Penicillin or something. I don't know. I know that all guys say that their crab leg is seven inches long but mine really is does it have a joint well his did when he pulled it out of his head remember yeah that was so fucking creepy that's what made me think of vincent d'onofrio yeah anyway we cut to michael who is in a psychiatric facility who is some for hearing her voiceover and then starts to have his own voiceover where he's like i gotta get to her i gotta pack i gotta get out of here and then he just seemingly goes to the offices like Yep, I'm definitely cured. I don't believe any of it anymore. Please let me out, please. And they're like, okay. And his doctor's like, yep. Yeah, exactly. I love this scene because Mike is like in his mind, which we're hearing is like voiceover. He's like, of course it all happened. This is all bullshit. I'm just putting this show on. Just say whatever you have to say to get out of here. And, you know, obviously the doctor can't hear that. So he's like responding to the doctor the way the doctor wants him to. So the doctor clears him to leave. As he's walking away, he verbally says in response to the doctor saying, just remember it was all a dream or whatever. He he says out loud, the fuck it was. And I was like, bro, you were so close. What are you doing? Shut up. You were so close. Okay. So this movie is bonkers, but that interaction is like a pretty fairly accurate representation of like delusions of like, I know what to say to get me out of here. And then you'll be like, but are you really going to do it? And they're like, the fuck I am. No, they're coming after me. And you're like, okay, we need, maybe need a couple more days. So what you're saying <laughs> is this scene really resonated with you, Mikey. You were like, yeah, this feels true to my lived experience. Uh, the voiceover did. Cause I'd be like, yes, act normal. Say exactly what you think they want you to hear. And then walk away from this social situation. That scene really <laughs> resonated with me. But that's just like me at a party too. Like I, I just do that. Wherever I am interacting with human people, with people. You're not at a party, Todd. That's just a dream. That's just a dream. <laughs> the fuck it is. The fuck it is. I'm picturing Mikey on the podcast being like, say something normal, say something normal. <laughs> He's made of crabs and mustard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So this is also where we get more of the flashback of like the last movie and the scenes that were not in the last movie that have now been added to this film as if they are part of the flashback. But we get the tall man bursting through the mirror with the like, boy! Yeah. And Reggie 
basically being a badass fighting off a house full of Jawas and then like climbing up the laundry chute straight up 90 degrees just up until he wrestles what is clearly a dummy dressed as a Jawa to the ground. Yes. And beats it to death with the butt of a gun. While holding the barrel. I thought that was nuts. I, I guess it wasn't loaded as you said earlier, Paige. No, because he was looking through the drawers for bullets. Yeah, I did not realize it wasn't loaded. I was like, oh my God, if this movie starts with him killing himself by shooting himself in the stomach, I'm going to lose my mind. No, it was okay. It was unloaded. He checked it. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. But this is where he turns off the, the pilot lights for three of his burners and leaves basically the gas on with yeah. the fireplace on, climbs up the laundry chute, grabs the dummy that's supposed to be Mike, and then jumps out the window, landing, and then, like, die hard watches the house explode behind him. Yeah. Uh, but so does the tall man. The tall man is just like, boy, that's a big fire. Yeah, it's a big-ass fire, dog. <laughs> I did like that this movie, the director and writer and creator and probably editor and sound guy and, like, did everything on this movie, that guy was like, yeah, I got a bigger budget this time. I'm going to blow up a whole damn house. Twice. Literally twice in the first 15 minutes they blow up two homes. Well, real estate was cheap back then. Apparently. The insurance covered it. Uh, but this is also <laughs> where we get some voiceover of like, I don't know where he comes from. Another dimension. He takes over towns and uses their dead to enslave them and their bodies. And I'm just like, man, they it's like exposition the voiceover and yeah. it still makes no sense. But... He leaves the psychiatric facility. We cut to him in the car with Reggie. Yeah. Reggie's just like, hey, my family's so excited to see you when we get to the house. But just remember, this was all your imagination. It didn't fucking happen to us. And I'm like, Reggie, you were there in the last movie. So like. Well, you find out that only the psychic humans are immune to the tall man's glimmering. I don't know what to fucking call it. Is that what it is? Because they don't explain that in the film at all. Yes. One of her voiceovers is like the only people who can see through the, the tall man's. Well, but I just thought that was like the only people who un know that he's like a tall man killing people and not just a random guy. No, he can he can glimmer, glamour his way uh... through it, I guess. But then wouldn't okay. Mike have been able to see that, what's her name, astrology or uh, alchemy? Alchemy. Was, uh... <laughs> yeah, my name's astrology, astrology, but you can call me chemtrail for short. But she, like, he would be able to see that she was the tall man, right? If he could see through all of his ruses. Right. It's not a ruse. His body actually becomes hot. Okay. That's not, a, that's not a psychic thing. This movie is so crazy, I am forced to believe that that is the case. And that makes sense in the logic of the movie. Sure. Maybe. I, okay. I'll go with So that. it yeah. seems like he's a Ed Harris of like something wicked this way comes kind of deal. But then why can Reggie see the stuff for the rest of the movie? He's not psychic. Because that's physically happened. I think once he leaves a town, he like waves his magic wand hand. And then everybody's like, yeah, that we had bad economic times. But in reality, he just murdered everyone and turned them into Jawas. This makes no sense. I mean, I don't know why I'm trying to fight to make sense for this movie. This is why he goes to small towns. It says it in the film. It does not clearly say fucking any of this in the film, Mikey. I, I clearly understood it that way. And I just don't understand. What... I did not understand it that way at well, all. You're not, a, you're not a true fan. Uh, did you read the uh, Did you read the script? Did you not read the novels that are based on these movies, Paige? Yeah. They explain it in the EU. In the EU? Expanded universe. In the PEU, the Phantasm Expanded Universe? Yeah. Phantasm, the cartoon from 1997, actually explains what you're talking about. That's all. Making that up, Todd. I'm making okay, that up. Okay, I was about face. to get okay. so livid if a Phantasm cartoon exists. 
because it's such a throwaway line of like only us can see through his thing, but they don't elaborate on that or what that means at all. No. So I took that to mean, you know how sometimes people with conspiracy theories are like, come on, sheeple. Like I took it to mean like that where they're like, we know he's up to no good and the town just can't see it, you know, or whatever. I love that this time the town literally can't see it. Yeah. Because they're all dead already. Yeah. Pretty much the entire town is dead. This town has really like dead silence vibes. Uh, Raven's Fair or whatever that town was called. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. only full-time jobs open right now are people who board up front doors. Yeah. But like if you board up your front door, Reggie's is going to come at it with his, I'll say, boyfriend-sized chainsaw. Yeah, he's got a boyfriend-sized <laughs> chainsaw. It's reliable. It's going to get the job done. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. And then later in the movie, we've got the chainsaw that'll split you in twain. Oh, yeah. Dude, that chainsaw reveal is insane. How deep is the shelf he pulled that chainsaw <laughs> off of? Like, it I is so insane, Paige. <laughs> I don't judge anybody. It reminded me of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, oh, where there's the yeah. chainsaw that's, like, big enough to go through the guy. Yes. Yeah. And it definitely is. It made me wish that Dennis Hopper was in this. Fuck, if Dennis Hopper had hopped out with holstered chainsaws and that hat he wore in TCM2, I'd have lost my mind. Plus the the bandoliers with chains on them. Oh man, we and we get shotgun oh, bandoliers man. in this. It's insane. Like the bandolier movies are the best. Yeah, yes. bandoliers are just not worn enough in this world. I agree. Anyway, we cut to Michael pickaxing a grave and Reggie's like, hey, if they catch you in a graveyard, they're going to put you away for good. And he's like, I've dug up three graves already and they're all empty. And I'm just like, (laughs) what kind of time did he spend on this? I know. Like we literally just left. Like you're just now getting out. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, But this is where he ends up in the car and he's like, I think the tall man wants me to come to him. I got to save this girl that I've been having brain sex with for eight years. Like, got to help her. She's going to die. And Reggie's like, uh oh, maybe we should go back to the hospital. Yeah. But as they're driving up to the house and he's like, my wife and kids are going to be so excited to see you or whatever. He wakes up after sleeping in the car and is just like, you got to get the people out of your house. It's going to blow. And before they can do anything, it explodes. (laughs) And they're just like, no, Padme, no. I literally wrote in my notes page, I guess it was cheaper to blow up a house than to establish Reggie's wife and children as actors, to pay the actors in this movie. Yeah, exactly. I think so. I think they blew up miniatures. Too. Me too. Yeah. I think it's either miniatures or facades. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, they paid 80 grand to blow up two houses instead of paying 120 grand to hire actors to play those characters. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It was that kind of deal. But Reggie's got a cool backstory though. Oh yeah. Man who made it big as an ice cream truck driver. That sang his own music. Yes. But it's like jam, noodly jam music. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not what makes you want to chow down on some ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, you know, pornographically lick his bald head. There's so many parts in this movie that made me uncomfortable. And it's not like the horror parts. When that was happening, that's when Jake heard me say, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Like, that was it. Oh, my God. Hang on. So the girl who has sex with Reggie is the tall man. And mm-hmm. it makes sense that he would be attracted to bald, bald men guy. with yeah. the, the hair like a bed skirt because he also features that. Okay, 
Honestly, He's super into his head. I was shitting on the fact that she would want to have sex with him in this movie, but I think that that's fucking genius. <laughs> I mean, I say yes. trim the bed skirt and I don't have a problem with it, but also... I agree. I, I like the idea that the tall man is just into that cut and is like super into yeah. it or just doesn't know how to have sex. Or both. It's got to be both? both. It definitely is both. What, yeah. what I love the most about this series is that it's like poetry where we could debate the meaning of it for hours. For sure. Mikey, we are all right in our different theories. Yeah. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Look, we're just bags of crab parts and mustard trying to make our way in this world. Mm. And we'll find our way eventually. Girl, <laughs> preach. Live, laugh. Oh, man. <laughs> Live, laugh, crab. <laughs> Live, laugh, Rangoon. God, I'm craving crab Rangoon pizza, man, and I cannot find any. Damn you, old Shawnee! Is that what it was called? Damn you, old Shawnee yeah, pizza old Shawnee, and your yeah. delicious crab! Nashville ain't got no Shawnee. Anyway, <laughs> we cut to the funeral for Reggie's whole family, and they're both there in suits and sunglasses like the Blues Brothers. <laughs> it's awesome, and they're on a mission from God, Paige. That's how yeah, you yeah, mourn yeah. the dead. I thought it was wild that Reggie's entire family just died and legit no one went to the funeral. There's two people walking away, but I think it's the officiant. Yeah, so there's it is. Like, there's like 20 chairs and just the two of them just like, man, this blues life is not great for family or whatever because they're just like suit sunglasses as if they're going to start off a CSI episode of like, looks like they're dead as a doornail. Yeah! Like, oh. that's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what happened. Oh, yeah, well, because basically, from here, we cut to Reggie's voiceover. No explanation, just is. And he's just like, Mike didn't need to ask me. I enlisted for the duration. And this is where he's just like, I told him it would take us years to find him, and we'd probably die, but not without a fight. And they're just driving in what looks like the car from Supernatural. I know it's a different car, but it's like, a black vintage muscle car. It's a cool car, man. Yeah. It's a Hemi. It's a Hemicuda. So it's it's a Barracuda with a Hemi. I believe you. Yeah. So they're going around in this muscle car. They go into a, a hardware store. And this is where they like gear up. Where he's like, long guns are no good. We need close range. So this is when he makes the quad shotgun. Yeah. I love that this hardware store sells, of course, hardware, like, you know, chains and ropes and all that shit, chainsaws, all that junk. They also sell, like, guns. Yeah. But they also have welding equipment. And they yes. have places you can, like, yeah. saw off, like, shotgun barrels, like, I've never seen a hardware store with that kind of stuff already set up. Yeah. That you could like use in the store. He picks up that chainsaw and revs it. And it is, I shit you not, almost shot for shot Evil Dead 2. All it's missing is him being like groovy. Like that's all that's missing. <laughs> I wish we had gotten like a Reggie version of that. Like what Reggie would have said instead of satisfactory. Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> ice cold. Cause he's an ice cream man. <laughs> that's what it should have been. I thought it was nuts that he soldered those two double barrel shotguns together and then sawed off the barrels into what is essentially a point and then didn't at some point stab someone with that point and shoot. Yeah. That shit would have been dope. Also, you got to be careful with sawing off barrels like that. Like the ATF had less on the Ruby Ridge people. Like Reggie's yeah. going to get in trouble. 
Yes, absolutely. And they build a mega flamethrower. Then they go to the cash register and open it and put cash into it to pay for the stuff they took instead of just robbing the place. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? They have a code of honor, okay? They don't need that money, Paige. They got that sweet, sweet ice cream truck money, baby. Reggie's they got guns in it. and a mission. Yeah, I don't know where they got the <laughs> money from, but... It has to have been the life insurance policies yeah. and the insurance on the houses that he has exploded. But here's the thing. If he tried to claim any of that, people would be like, so he definitely killed those people, right? Yes. Anyway, they're driving along the road. Uh, and this is the first time we get to a town that's all kind of messed up. And they're like, we can tell when he's been somewhere because it's all fucked up and dead. And they're like, sometimes he sets traps for us. And at this point, I was like, two dudes, shotgun, black muscle car. This is officially supernatural. This is just a long supernatural episode. And I'm fucking into it. I wish they were hotter like the supernatural guys. But sure. Like, all yeah. right. So they walk through. And this shot was actually super cool. They walk up to like the the like mortuary building, but they walk through a field of empty graves that are clearly like a practical effect. Like they've actually dug them and they're kind of trying not to fall in them. Yeah. And it looks super fucking cool. Yeah. But it was like 30 graves. Like that would have taken a long time. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they go into the mortuary and this one looks kind of different than the contact paper mortuary from last time, but they find a dead body. By the way, it is alchemy who goes by Carrie. It's her dead body on the table, but then she disappears yes. uh, as they're kind of looking around. And then they find what looks to be Liz in the corner. But when they pull back kind of the hood thing that she has on, she's got a bacter. She does have a bacter. <laughs> yes. It's like a head worm that like worms out of her back and is just so like, many films get their start from Phantasm 2. Yeah. But the bacter worm is like, good game, boy. Come east if you dare. And I was like, what kind of gremlin shit is this? Like, <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah, it He's is. like, you know how I'm going to taunt those two guys that are trying to murder us in their little car? Yeah. I'm going to clone the girl he loves from his dreams, put my face in her back. Yeah. And then pop out and be like, taunt him. Be like, come on, come on. Come I mean, me. it's just like tall man to come out of a bitch's back. He probably thinks that's sex. He has <laughs> no idea what's going on in that category. No clue. He's like, I had my little worm head in her. And you're like, that's not what we meant. It's close, though. Like, it's not far off. I mean, for a crab, that's a pretty good understanding of what's happening. Yeah. Mr. Krabs. <laughs> so they flamethrower the apparition. Yes. And basically flamethrower the whole mortuary. And we cut to Paragord, Oregon. That's how you say that word. Okay. Uh, so we cut to Paragord, Oregon, where there is a funeral procession and it's Liz's grandfather that's passed away. Right. And she's with her grandmother and they're going to the viewing and then later the graveside ceremony. So they get to the mortuary and this looks very much like the house from the first one. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So and there's a preacher basically giving facilitating the funeral oh, yeah his character's wild his character's wild and he clearly looks upset and he's drinking um and it seemed like he had given up drinking and was falling off off the wagon going back on the wagon whatever that phrase is yeah he was off the wagon yeah so her sister liz's sister is like i gotta leave this funeral i got a thing hard out at six bye and <laughs> just takes off yeah leaving liz there so liz kind of wanders around the mortuary and this at this point i was like oh it's a new contact paper mortuary where they just picked a different marble pattern but she has been like squeezing her hands tightly and there's blood from her nails and she's like 
This is not a dream. Yeah. But we cut to Mike waking up in their hotel room and he's like, she's in danger. She couldn't even masturbate this time. She was so scared. (laughs) (laughs) She's in danger. This time I'm serious. We've got to go. She didn't send me any mind nudes. (laughs) Mind nudes was actually Hitler's second book he wrote in prison. And it was mainly (laughs) just sketches of his own body. It didn't sell as well. And yes, his pubic hair looks just like his mustache. <laughs> My nudes. A hard swing, but I like it. <laughs> Did you guys come with me on that very weird take? Oh, I wouldn't come anywhere near that book. <laughs> that sounds like the opposite of arousal for me. If I ever need to desperately be unhorny, I'll let you know and see if I can borrow your copy. This explains why this woman did not like my Charlie Chaplin pubic hair. (laughs) It's hard to explain. It's a very nuanced dick pic. Well, yeah, when it's erect, it looks too much like the salute, you know? And the top hat. It's erect. It looks like the salute. (laughs) That's where they got it. (laughs) The salute? Yeah. They were like, yo, did you see that one guy's dick? (laughs) The one that was like this? They got it from the Romans, I think. They did get it from the Romans. That's actually the truth. Yeah. So he's like, she's in danger. Let's go. So they take off. Yeah. And as they're walking out, Reggie's like, are you sure this isn't just like a wet dream scenario? And I was like, Reggie knows what's up. Yeah. Reggie's like, you've been in more or less jail for a while. Like, well, Reggie, that wet dream told me your children were going to die. How do you feel about that? That is true. How do you feel that I was getting wet to the idea of your children dying? (laughs) I did love that sentence construction. Wet's what they needed to live because they burned. No, Mikey. <laughs> Rude. He is very much like a psychic, right? Like he can sort of see the future at sometimes. Yeah. And still Reggie is like questioning him. And that to me is funny. Very. Although how shitty is it a premonition that happens seconds before something happens? Like, hey. Useless. Yeah, yeah. Your house is going to blow up in three seconds. There's nothing you can do. Wait, 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 wait. There's a movie about this with Jessica Biel. Who's the guy? Mm. There is an action movie where someone is psychic for like three seconds. And I think it's John Cusack. That can't be right. I don't know. Hold on. I've got to Google this. Next. With Nicolas Cage. Oh, oh my God. I have to see that. Read the premise immediately. Okay, hold on, hold on. The film tells the story of Chris Johnson. Yeah, a small-time magician based in Las Vegas who has limited precognition. His ability only allows him to see into the very immediate future. So he's not psychic, he's just perceptive. Like no, he yeah, has like yeah, a yeah. three no, he has like a three second like he can be like, pull a card, look at the card. He'll knows what he knows what happens because it happens in three seconds. Oh my god. So he's like a goldfish psychic. Yes. I so love but that it. makes him the target of terrorists, the FBI, and like somebody else. And Paige, because he's a magician. That's the whole premise of the movie. Is it a horror movie? I want to do this. It's a science fiction action film. So it's like aliens. No, but I'm so sorry. No, aliens <laughs> is a horror film. No, I know, I know, I know. That's amazing. Sorry. Paige's like ridiculous bonkers movie plot that she made. I was like, wait a minute. This is a real movie. I've seen it. When you said Nick Cage, I knew it was real. And now we've got to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> um, great. So in this movie, we cut back to the funeral where the yes. priest is crying and drinking. You know, like priests do. Yeah. Anyway, he he's like, I got to end the sacrilegion. Uh, yeah. My flask has told me that this is the way. And he just <laughs> stabs the dead body with a knife. Mustard goes everywhere. Grandma collapses. 
and Liz is nowhere to be found. She is walking around the mortuary and she's got like she's wearing a hat pin as a brooch. She is. Um, yes. And kind of pulls it out and sees like a dug up coffin in the middle of the room. She walks up to it. And who should show up behind her but the tall man? And she accidentally stabs him in the finger because he pulls it out and licks his own blood. Yes. As we do. You know, when it's mustard. Yeah. I mean, he's just like, mmm, garlic. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> like a fan. Dijon blood. Yeah. Mmm, Grey Poupon. Do you have any tall man blood? <laughs> that's what Grey Poupon means in French. I don't know if you speak French, uh-huh. but yeah. Uh, well, that's why vampires always be puncturing necks and squeezing it over hot dogs. <laughs> that's the vampires on Arrakis, their home world, because yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I dip a pretzel in your neck wound? Yeah, because it's mustard. Okay, what if the tall man is coming to our realm to take our dead because... We are going to their realm to farm mustard. Like, that's actually where mustard comes from. What if he's like Prometheus, except instead of being the bringer of fire, he's the bringer of mustard? He would be Mustesius. <laughs> we all know that there are no Prometheus references allowed in this podcast. <laughs> Not the that alien was, it, film. It's a, the, it's the, a ground the, the Greek, the Greek myth, myth or whatever. Myth. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> anyway, she she leaves. She helps her grandmother home. She puts her grandmother to bed. Meanwhile... At the priest's house. He pours himself another drink because he gets knocked down, but he gets up again. (laughs) They're never going to get him down. And he hears things like from the doorway and stuff of this house. And he's like chumbas and wombas. I mean, he definitely heard some tub thumping. Absolutely. But he's like this damn wind. (laughs) Man, they take the longest amount of time they can to like complete every scene. So it's like this priest pouring a glass of, I don't know, alcohol, bourbon or something up to the white line that indicates like how high it needs to be and then drinks it and then like walks over to the door, locks the door and then walks all the way back. And we're seeing all of this in like real time. Yeah. And then he goes back over and looks out the, it's not a peephole, but it's a peephole. He looks through that and the tall man's out there yeah it's not the tall man it's the grandfather because he's got the sewn where his mouth was sewn shut you're right but that whole scene takes like five minutes yeah and it it should have taken 30 seconds yeah meanwhile liz puts grandma to sleep then grandma wakes up because she hears noises yeah and turns and grandpa dead grandpa is in bed beside her and she screams we cut to the next day Because this movie doesn't, it plays fast and loose with time. It absolutely does, yeah. Here come the Winchester brothers in their muscle car. uh, And they drive past a lady hitchhiker. And we get from like a flashback that uh, she was the dead body on the table. Yes. And so Mike falls asleep. When he wakes up, Reggie picked her up because he's like, it's lonely on the road. And I was like, oh, dude, (laughs) Reggie says some super problematic stuff while peeing. Yeah. In this scene. He's like, it's lonely on the road. And like, we could really use a woman's touch or whatever. Like, it's not okay. It's it's very like the implication. Well, I mean, he's peeing out his toxic masculinity. It's filtered out through the kidney. It's yeah, it's mustard. So But also he gets his because that's actually the tall man. Yeah. So here's the thing. Because Mike pulls him aside and is like, Hey, I saw that girl in my dreams and I think she might be dead. The fact that he isn't like, Hey, uh, she her body was dead earlier and now she's here. Run away. Yeah. Like, no, he's just like Well, I guess. He's like, I don't judge where someone comes from, okay? He's like, 
if she's going to give you a handy in the front seat, then I guess like, you know, whatever. Dude, he says some crazy inappropriate stuff. And I guess just like in the 80s, that was fine. But like, it's not fine. I mean, here's the thing, though. We will see she's fully on board because she's the tall man. And that's the only way he gets touched. <laughs> Unfortunately, the tall man, his languages of love are murder and physical touch. So he loves to cuddle, but he also loves to kill people. So it's yeah. two extremes. I'm just a sack of crabs and mustard standing in front of a boy <laughs> asking him to touch me. That's this movie. Yep. This really should be on Romancing the Pod. Uh, <laughs> Romancing the Pod people. Romancing oh, the Pod people. Shit. The next morning, Grandma is dead. Oh, yeah. Gone. Yeah. And we get a voiceover from the tall man that's like, if you want her, come tonight. And she was like, well, I was gonna, but normally I do that in my mind thing. Like, that's what I come. But anyway, the boys and the tall man in lady form are headed for Paragord. So they're going to converge in the same place. They get there and it's fucked up like children of the corn. Uh, and she's just like, things sure have changed. It's been like 10 years now. And you're just like, who are you even? Well, they don't ask any of those questions like, well, what made you leave 10 years ago? What's making yeah. you go back? They don't they don't care. Who knows? Well, the tall man wouldn't have any answers for them. Yeah. I, and also, this actress would have been like 12, 10 years ago. Like, she's yes. way too young for Reggie. Here's what I think is going on in here, where I think they said 10 years ago to make it seem like she's closer to my age. Because like, if yeah. I say, oh I did something 10 years ago that was like college you know yeah. uh, but Reggie's going by that old rule half your age plus seven feet under <laughs> but I think they're trying to make her sound older and they just still cast a young lady so like I don't know what I mean she was hot she is 21 years younger than Reggie in real life I looked it up but the road is hard and long and yeah. this lady is just super into bald dudes with bed skirts. Because of the implication. Yeah. That wrinkles are ribbed for her pleasure. Oh. That's hilarious. Mikey's too sick to laugh, but he loved yeah, it. Yeah, I can't laugh because I'll start coughing, but I <laughs> uh, Can I get, instead of laughing, can I get an Ed McMahon, correct, sir, every time? You are correct, sir. Hey, there you go. This is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Horror Virgin here. <laughs> Talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh -huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. <laughs> Cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor. They ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? <laughs> Mikey, you said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. 
But anyway, Factor's amazing. <laughs> so just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn, 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 to get 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Anyway, we cut to, they get to the bed and breakfast that her uncle allegedly owns. It is boarded up. So Reggie just chainsaws into it and they're getting settled in. Um, They leave Carrie, aka Alchemy, there and they're like, we're going to go find out what's good at this mortuary place, right? Right. Meanwhile, Liz has gone there as well to try and save her grandmother. Too late though. Um, But she goes to her grandfather's grave and it's empty so she goes walking through the mortuary uh while she's doing that they're like booby trapping the airbnb the not airbnb just the b&b it's an airbnb yeah it's, it's, it's a, a b&b, B&B. <laughs> yeah, yeah. which i think is just a abandoned house that the tall man knows about because i think so the tall man is astrology or whatever the fuck her name was alchemy uh, alchemy thank you yeah but they are like setting up the quad barrel shotgun in front of the door with like and the grenade in the budweiser oh, can my god the grenade is insane Yes. Yeah, but they're like, we'll be back before you wake up. And Mike goes out to get the car. Reggie's assembling the gear. And as he goes to leave, she just says, wake me up when you get back and kisses him. And I, I just have in my notes, all caps, uncomfortable. Yeah, but she was like, it gets lonely on the road. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way that girl would not have actually been into Mike because they're like the same age. Mike was hot. I was yeah, he Mike. could get it. Hold up. I mean, but Mike would have seen through that ruse eventually because he's the tall man in there. Mike wasn't into it. He wasn't putting out those vibes. He's got a true love in his mind, and he's already seen her dead before, so the the, the mystery's not there. Yeah, honestly, Mike's not in it unless you can mind fuck him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his Your mind melding with my mind. Yes. Um, He's into Ponfar. Anyway, that's, you know what? It's the Vulcan. We can't. Anyway, so <laughs> in the mortuary, she sees them working on a body with a machine full of mustard and blood. Yes. And here come the Winchesters. They roll up and they see people in like exhuming bodies and they're going to go into the mortuary too. They call them gravers. He's like, there are gravers, gravers here. And he's like, oh yeah, looks like there's only one. And then Reggie's like, well, let's circle around and find out for sure. And then it cuts to something else. Yeah, it cuts to something else. Liz is inside. The priest is also there. And the priest opens the black box that we know houses the spheres of death. Yes. And Mm -hmm. he like pricks his finger and then he's like crossing the hallways. When you say crossing the hallways, he's walking through the hallway, making the sign of the cross as he walks past them, which is wild. Yeah, yeah. 
And nominee Patri is Sviritu Sanctus. Sancti. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but the tall man shows up and he's like, there's no need for that here. Uh, in heaven, there is no heaven. You come to us. And I was like, is this adding to the mythology that we already don't understand? I think, yes. You come to us when you die. I was like, oh, that sounds like a shitty retirement plan. Like, I don't want to be. That sounds terrible. I don't want to be full of mustard. I'm more of a ketchup person. Same anyway, page. So the box opens up, revealing the chrome death nuts within. And Liz, in the hallway, gets tackled by the priest. And the priest is like, he's taking them all, the whole town. Your grandparents are dead. You've got to get out of here. And the evil ball strafes him and takes his ear off and then makes a cool U-turn and spikes his head and drills like the chrome balls do. Yeah, I love it. The chrome balls are great. It's the best part of the franchise. 100%. It's the most elaborate way to get murdered. It it's is. Very yeah. elaborate. It is a ripoff from Dune, but you know. Yeah, the hunter seekers from Dune uh, or the hunter killers maybe. But yeah, the balls play really well in this movie. You see the reflection of the walls in them, which is cool yeah. as they're flying. Like, Well, and you get like predator ball vision. Yes. For as low budget as it looks and feels, some of the effects are pretty good. Some of the practical makeup is pretty good. Like, Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. So he's super dead. And yes. Elizabeth is like, um, oh my God, what? And tall man shows up and chokes her and just throws her, which it's weird that he's like, come to me. And then he's just like, goodbye. And just like throws her oh, against I the know. wall. Yeah. yeah. I hate when guys are so hot and cold. Like I've done that before. I know it frustrates women. It definitely does. Mikey, come over, yeah. get out. No, no case idea for you. Anyway. So Elizabeth tries to run away, but enter the Jawas. One of them is grandma. It tries to drag her. She beats her grandmother to death with a vase, and then she just goes, she shrugs and goes, sorry, sorry grandma. grandma, and then sprints <laughs> out of the funeral home place, or mausoleum like, or whatever. Sorry, grandma. Like, baby, that ain't your grandma anymore, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, you're yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. That's what healthy closure looks like, okay? <laughs> You don't need therapy if you hit your grandmother with a vase in the face. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So she runs out, falls in a grave. Uh, who should be inside that grave but Mike? And he pulls the mask off. He's like, oh, my God, Liz. And I was like, how does she? She doesn't actually know Mike. They've never met in real life. But they Im immediately start making it's out. It's so crazy. When they started kissing, I was like, don't you want to, like, introduce yourself? This is the first time you've met in real life. I realize they know what each other looks like. Yeah. Because their mind dates or whatever. But it was yeah, wild yeah, yeah. to me that they were like, yes, we are full on in a committed relationship. Yes. Uh, they've already talked enough in their mind. Okay. They have to with Mikey. They have to have gone on so many mind dates they've like gone to ikea in their mind oh yeah they're like we're gonna get the hergen flergen and it's gonna <laughs> look so great next to the harky bark lark fuck hark and then our children can grow up and sleep in the hergla flerg <laughs> yeah are you caught up on succession alexander skarsgård Ooh, bitch he's a tall drinking dick Oh, yeah, there's one part where he like <laughs> takes off his jacket and you just see his abs because his shirt rides up. And I was like, oh, that is criminal. Do it again. <laughs> it probably is, but it's white collar crime. So nobody cares about it, Paige. What do you think those abs taste like? Um, King's Hawaiian rolls? Duh. <laughs> But blended through a Paco jet on a seaweed <laughs> crudite. He just uses a cologne called yeast. <laughs> yeast? That's so funny. All caps. That is so funny. Of course it would be all caps. Yeast. <laughs> but with like an umlau in there somewhere. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> 
So they see a line of hearses driving up. So they run to the car, get back to the B&B, where he uses the flamethrower to start a fire. Paige, I laughed out loud when I saw that. Because he is a good six feet away from the fire. Yes. And he light the whole house on fire. Like, what are you doing, sir? Please stop. It's so wild. But also, if I had a flamethrower, that's You'd the absolutely only way I'd start fires. Yeah. Of course. That's why you buy it. It's bonkers. Uh, but this is where she says that the priest was killed by a flying Cuisinart. And I'm like, interesting <laughs> choice of words, but sure. Uh, and this is where they rehash. They're like, they crash them down because of gravity and then shift them off to somewhere. And I'm like, man, this movie's fucking weird. I was like, oh, we were still going with that story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then they're like, there's only a couple hours until dawn. We should sleep and leave in the a.m. And she's like, I could use some sleep. And he's like, come on, I'll watch over you. I was like, sure. <laughs> sure he will. <laughs> I mean, it is true for Mike. He does watch over Liz. Well, only what we see. Well, I mean, we actually see them sleeping next to each other. Not right, sexy right. at all. Like, they're not cuddling. But they are they got to be mind-fucking, right? Yeah, they're. Bra- I think they're brain-fucking. 100%. They had just gone to the bathroom, freshened up with the three seashells, and mind-banged mm-hmm. on the bed. Yes. Like, that's what we yes. were seeing. But the other couple, I hate saying that when I'm talking about Reggie and really any woman, but... Reggie and the tall man. Yeah, Reggie and the tall man get their moment in the sun, and I love it, but because... Reggie shoots his shot here. I'll narrate this, because I'm I'm team ready. He says, I'll hang out with you some or whatever, and then she's like, I'll take my shirt off. You want to go upstairs? And he's like, bet. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> I literally wrote in my notes, like, this is what it must be like when Mikey is sitting on Sean's couch. Like, everyone, no matter how hot <laughs> they are, is fair game. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Now I understand why we need to get Sean's couch for Mikey. Absolutely. It's a, it levels the playing field. You know what I'm saying? It does. So we cut to Mike and... Liz are upstairs on the bed and this scene is mind-boggling because they're having like telepathy sex where they're like I love you I love you this is so great like I prayed so hard you'd find me yeah just like ooh, and they're just because they're not talking it's just their voiceover they're reacting as if it's they're like talking out loud yes so you're just watching people just silently like Oh my god, I love having your voice inside me. Yeah. Fuck me with your voice, Mike. All five inches of your voice. (laughs) Reach around me with your voice. It reminded me of that scene from the photograph that we did on Romancing the Pod where Issa Rae is just like, it looks like she and Lakeith Stanfield are having a silent brain conversation. Yes. Uh, That's what this was like, too. (laughs) It was funny. Anyways, uh, we cut over to Reggie's room where... Alchemy is like licking his head and she just says, I love your head. And I that's what I was like. What even is this? What is happening? And then we cut to her like riding him topless. But she's got underwear on still. So she's just like smashing the shit out of his dick. Oh, yeah. She's trying to cowgirl her way up broke dick mountain. Correct. (laughs) Uh, And they hear the grenade go off downstairs. And he immediately is like, get off me. Like he was clearly looking for an exit. Oh, my God. So the girl who played Alchemy was also in a Blair Witch Project parody called, and I'm not making this up, The Bear Wench Project 2 Scared Topless. I don't want to tell you both. I definitely have seen that film. <laughs> I'm 
want to see it. Like, that sounds insane. If it's what I'm thinking about, it came out around 2003, 2004. <laughs> it was 2001, Mikey. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Mike gets up and they're like, oh, it doesn't look like anyone actually triggered the grenade, maybe a cat or a dog. And I'm like, cats and dogs don't have fingers and you attached it to the handle? Like someone would have to turn the handle? Someone would have to open the door, yeah. Yeah. This is the best part of the movie because Mike's like, I think we just killed a child. What? Doesn't he say that right here? Like, I think we accidentally killed a child? No, it's a cat or a dog is what he says. Yeah. I think after that they said child. No, I didn't I hope child. not. Jesus. I think this is the cold medicine talking. Yeah, maybe. I laugh my ass off. I sw- <laughs> I thought he said that. I love that you were like, no, he said child and it was hilarious. And it was great. I, th- I thought he turned to Reggie and was like, you accidentally killed a kid. And I was like, oh my God. No, it's a Jawa. No. Am I crazy? I, have to- I bought it, so I'll rewatch that scene later. Okay. But at this point, they're like, they're coming to get us. Maybe we should just leave. But as Liz is getting up and getting dressed, the tall man drags her through a window and they're like, we got to go after her. So they drive off in their car. He leaves in a hearse. They tell Alchemy to drive her to drive Liz's car and follow them, essentially. Yeah. So they load up. They load the gun. They drive up behind the hearse. They go up alongside it, but they get sideswiped, and he runs them off the road. Yeah, flips them. Yeah, flips them. Yeah, well, they like hit a rock and flip. Yeah, I, I thought this was hilarious yeah. because Mike is like a good forty yards away from yes, the car. He's thrown. Yeah, like yeah. he's so far away, and he gets up and runs back. And Reggie is like still stuck in the car because the seatbelt's jammed or whatever. Yeah. So he's like, "Get me a knife out of the the tools we have in the trunk." But while he right. goes back there, gas is spilling out and going to the tree that's just on fire for no yeah, reason. Yeah, for no reason, because the car is not on fire. Not There's no reason there should it. be a fire. That's technically God sending 10 more rules for mankind, <laughs> and they just are ignoring it. Reggie's supposed to come down with the tablets and be like, thou shalt not have hair on top, just on the sides. <laughs> you have seen the friars from like the Robin Hood movies. It's like that, but a bigger circle of baldness. Yes. But like, it is very much like the gasoline coming out of the car and trickling down towards Moses's burning bush. And like, it's a race against the clock to save right. Reggie. And they, of course, get him out. They cut him out of the seatbelt. And they're like, I don't know, a good 20 yards away from the car before it explodes. Like, everyone's very safe. Yeah. I kind of hate that this movie sends it like a subliminal message that seatbelts are bad because Mike oh, was yeah. wearing his and got thrown 40 yards and yes. was able to come back and save the day. Yeah. Also, Mike definitely moves the gear into safe passage before he comes back for Reggie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. does. Uh but meanwhile, Liz in the mortuary and by the way is not unconscious. Like okay, in some she- scenes she's unconscious, in other she's awake and watching what's going on. And the guy's literally going to load her body into the crematorium. It drove me insane that he is there to kill her. Yeah. And he goes about it like he's got like a checklist of 25 things he's got to do before he clocks out. And he's just going to do it in whatever order he wants to. Like, kill the one person you're supposed to kill and then do the cleanup shit. Like, what are you doing? Anyway, it's insane because she just like rolls off the tumbler thing that he puts her on to slide her into the, what do they call those? Crematorium machines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giant oven? Yeah. Can we call him a tall boy? Hell yeah. He is a tall boy. So she rolls off and then this 40 ounce can of alcohol jumps and grabs her. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, in the funeral area, like the autopsy and uh, 
embalming area, they find the mustard machine and they pour hydrochloric acid into it. Which, why? Like, nobody knows what that does. I know. Reggie don't know, but even a broken man is right twice a day. And Reggie is a broken man. <laughs> yep. I like that joke. I don't know if y'all at home do, but I like that. So fuck off. Press, Press one. one. You like that joke? <laughs> I did like that Mikey made a joke and then somebody just commented one yes, the other that day. So that funny. was really funny. It's so funny. Uh, but while they're also in the embalming room, they find almost like a plug for the sphere that they think will take them into another room that leads to the tall man's world. It's a key, more or less, that unlocks yeah. the door where the portal is. I don't know. It, the, the tuning, the tuning fork, fork portal. portal. Yeah. 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 Okay, you yeah. say that like it's not canon. Okay. What? Yeah, it I looks mean... like the things where you wait in line outside a club. Like, it's just pylons. It's Oh, you're trying to get into Arrakis? Yeah, you can't. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you gotta shave the top of your head and leave the rest before you can enter this <laughs> yeah. club, Arrakis? What's your name? A Atreides! <laughs> Check the list. It's definitely on the list. I've I'm never Paul. made it into Arrakis because I sing off-key. We, we know, Mikey. We saw the karaoke videos in the Facebook group. Anyway, so Reggie's like, meet back here in 19 minutes. And I was like, what a weird time. Like, what is this? Uh, on a scale of one to seven, how weird is it? Sorry, it just felt like a weird arbitrary <laughs> number to pick. I was like, I don't understand why 19 minutes. Okay, whatever. Minutes. Whatever, Reggie, you weird dude. Well, and I was like, is there some sort of timer? Is it like daylight? Is, it, or is there a bomb that no. got cut out? Nope. nope. Yeah. Just, we got 19 minutes to save the world. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> and this time, we're not going to do it off screen like last movie. Like last time. Uh, anyway, so Liz gets off the crematorium rolling thing, grabs a shovel, and shovels that guy to death. Or at least shovels him enough to get him onto the thing and puts him in the crematorium. He sh she shovels him in the tall boy nuts and then yeah. burns him alive. There's so much nut torture in this movie, there's no way it's not a fetish of the directors. Like, there's so much of it. Yeah, it's everyone's first shot is nuts. Yes. Um, we yep. get a chainsaw to the nuts here in a few minutes. Like The female gaze, if you will. Yeah, I am sick of women <laughs> always getting what they want in films, Paige. If you think we think about your balls at all, you are mistaken. <laughs> at least this film passes the Mike Tall test, which is where two characters have to talk about an outer space planet that's only available <laughs> by portal travel. That's the Mike Tall scale. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many movies actually do pass that scale, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It also passes the Ponfar scale, where two people communicate telepathically during a sexual scenario. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... She shovels him in the balls. She runs. Reggie is looking for Liz and instead gets like surrounded by Jawas. Yes. Meanwhile, in the marble hallway, Liz hears the sphere and just in the nick of time, Mike puts her out of the way, uh, pushes her out of the way. Uh, but he also gets clotheslined by one of the tall boys with an axe and had a helmet. Thank goodness. Yeah. It's the same actor. And I love that the most. It is the yes. same actor. Yeah. The guy that just went into the oven. Yes. yes. I was like, wait, didn't that guy just die? Like we saw him die. Right. Yes. Like what, what are he we doing? Did. Yeah. Uh, and he gets sphered in the hand and screams. And then another sphere comes up and hits the door because it kind of chases them. So they run through into another room. Dude, the way the Hunter Seeker like ball spheres like chase them through the doors yeah. was so cool. I was here for that. Very cool. But we cut to Reggie encounters 
a gas mask dude and he tries stabbing him with a drill that he has not had up until this point and magically pulls out of his belt he does stab him with the drill though like yep. it goes under his arm like that would hurt so bad and whoever was doing the stunt that has to have hurt that person like i mean in real life well and so then he pulls out the chainsaw and he says one line with more feeling than he has ever said any other line in this film. And he just says, come on, you mother. And I was just like, oh, my God. Say the F word, man. Let's go. This is a rated R movie. Reggie's a family man. OK, before they combusted. Yeah, he's not anymore, though, Mikey, because they are. Yeah. Ash right now. Yeah. Yeah. Ash versus the evil dead. Oh, yeah. Basically. <laughs> But this is where that guy, who I think is a quote-unquote graver, because it yeah. looks like the same sort of dude they saw before, but he pulls out that long-ass chainsaw out of that <laughs> shelf. It's that so shelf insane. shelf that's like a foot deep? Yeah. That, no, that shelf, no joke, has to be like eight feet deep for how big <laughs> that chainsaw is. Well, you see, yeah. I prefer my people with shallow shelves, so like, you know, there's not that much room there, so everything feels big going into the shelf. I feel like he's not talking about shelves, Paige. I, I, I'm not sure I quite cracked the code, though. I don't understand. I'm going to need you to tell me in explicit detail. Yeah. Well, like, sometimes your chainsaw is wide, but not <laughs> eight feet long, you know? And you just, you need a, you like a shelf where it's snugly fit, but they also think you're a big boy chainsaw. Anyway... <laughs> So we cut back to the sphere and it's also lighting on fire and like lasering through the doors and, and trying to mice? track them. Like, yeah, it kills a rat with a laser. Yeah. And it explodes the rat. Yes. I'm just saying I like chainsaws to be able to hit the shelvic floor. Oh, my God. Uh Oh, we got Mikey. We got him going. Uh oh, oh, no. <laughs> We'd like to welcome from the future Enfazima Mikey to the podcast. Oh, it's that's what it feels. Like. Yeah. Anyway, that rat explodes. Yes. And then the sphere follows them through a metal door that it drills through. Uh, but so does the tall boy. And he gets sphered against the wall and it like burrows into his body like the scarabs in the mummy. Yeah. And like it's like running him all over the walls. It is what it goes like a chest burster. I thought it was just going to go straight through, you know? So did no, I. No, I underestimated too because it comes out of his fucking face and it looks wild. When Mike walks over and turns him around and you see the face, I was like, all right, that actually, like, well done on that for a makeup. Yeah. Like, that's impressive. They spent all their budget there, basically. Yeah. And this guy already lost his hand during the chase, if you remember. Like, he axes yes. his own hand off to get away from it. So, like, that's where they go immediately after this to get that Hunter Seeker sphere right. to use as the key. But, man, when he goes to get that and he's, like, trying to pry it off the door, I thought that was so funny. I don't know why. It just looks so campy and silly to me. I was here for it. Well, it's it's a, it's another steal from Evil Dead to have somebody lose a hand like that. But, like, yeah. in between them going to get it and him getting, like, sphered in the face, we get the end of that chainsaw fight where he's, like, jumping over him. The guy chains off his bandoliers. And then he chainsaws him in the balls. Yeah. And then he gets surrounded by Jawas. So he pulls out the gun, shoots all four at once. Like that thing perfectly fires full four bullets. Yeah, one for each barrel page, duh. Well, but yeah, just like it dispatches all the Jawas. Yes. And then he just throws the gun away. Yeah, he essentially is like, man, this gun's awesome. 
I'll never use it again. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, and this is where the whole thing of like maybe Carrie is the tall man falls apart because now we have scenes where we know where the tall man is and she's somewhere else oh, doing her own thing. And I don't know that this is true. I think there are multiple tall men, Paige. That's oh. just a theory I have because I have not seen further. But I think there are multiple tall men because we have multiple tall boys. Well, here's my theory. Okay. My theory is she was not the tall man until... This scene where the car breaks down and she gets into one of the hearses and that gives him access to her. But she was the dead body at the beginning, right? But that could have just been in Mike's head. Who knows? Because this movie doesn't make any sense. We can't spend more time on it. We can't dig into it because it's only going to fall apart immediately. We can't (laughs) dig into it. Anyway, they grab the sphere. Right. They take it and uh, they go into the embalming room. They put it in the door they open the door carrie meanwhile finds a hurt aka alchemy finds a hearse on the side of the road and hot wires it and she has crazy eyes yeah i mean anyone who hot wires a hearse is definitely gonna have crazy eyes i feel like they're a party like if you hot wire a hearse let's talk also I mean, that's true if she is the tall man here she would have the keys to the, the yes hearse. that's what i'm saying todd so many questions but i do think there's just multiple tall men and only one of them is a driver so they go into the white room with the tuning fork and the barrels and he's like let me show you something and his hand disappears now i don't know why they wanted to try and get into this place at all anyway other than to burn it also didn't understand but it's like why what are they going to do with it there's nothing to burn in there all that happens is that the tall man shows up takes liz and basically kicks Reggie and Mikey into the sands of Arrakis and they have to climb their way back. Dude, the way that shakes out is so nuts because Mike falls and gets sort of sucked into the portal and then Reggie grabs him and he also gets sucked in, but his feet, literally his toes, are hanging on to the outside of the portal, like one side of the tuning fork, right? Right. And that allows them... Like that, his feet alone stick to that pole so hard that he, that Mike is able to climb up Reggie and then pull Reggie out by his ankles. Like right. the physics of that is so insane. They're combat boots. Well, and <laughs> Reggie almost gets attacked by like a goopy baby, like a goopy Jawa baby. Yeah, goopy Jawa baby. But they climb out just in time to stop him from plugging Liz into the mustard machine. Uh, and so they pull him off of her. She stabs him in the back with the mustard needle. And he basically gets acidized because it's full of hydrochloric acid from earlier. And a creepy crab claw comes out of his head. And Mikey just like rips it out of his forehead. And then he acids to death. I mean, he literally melts from the inside out because the hydrochloric yeah. mustard. And it's awesome. Yeah. I was here for it. It's It was spicy mustard. Yeah, it definitely was. Anyway, Carrie pulls up the getaway hearse. Uh, They torch the place. They drive away in the hearse. Mike and Liz check the coffin in the back. It's empty. And then they drive around and lift the partition, please, in the hearse. (laughs) Uh The only problem is, is that alchemy gives head literally. Yeah, because she rips out a chunk of her hair, revealing that... At minimum, she makes bad decisions, uh, but at maximum, <laughs> she's probably the tall man. She is the tall man. Like, we know that at this point for sure. Right. So, or she's so into being bald. Yeah, she loves his head. Anyway, she throws Reggie into the street. Is he dead? Is he not? Who's to say? He's, He's not. definitely not dead. 
Yeah. yeah. He's in every one of these movies. We haven't seen it yet. Maybe he's a clone or an apparition. There's so many explanations. Is Reggie the guy who writes and directs these movies? Like, that's no, the only not. thing that makes sense. But I think sense. they're friends. They have to be best friends. They have to be. I believe so. So the hearse drives away, leaving Reggie in the street. And they see him, Mike and Liz see him through the window. So they're like, it's not happening. It's only a dream. And then... The tall man bursts through the window and says, no, it's not. And kind of tries to pull them out the window. And we see the hearse drive away. And, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie. Having seen this movie, having talked about this movie, what did you guys think about Phantasm 2? Um, no notes. If you like the first one and you're like, this is fucking madness and I'm on board, then this is exactly what you need. It's yeah. crazier, uh, but you know. I think this movie sort of self-selects its audience because Phantasm is a nuts movie right if you make it through phantasm and you're like yeah i'll check out phantasm 2 there's no way you don't love it if you were forced to watch phantasm and then forced to watch phantasm 2 you probably won't like it but this is like the kind of movie that is a mikey movie like i am here for it's 100 percent. It. i'm so sad that i don't feel good i want to i wanted to bring the the craziness the craziness i do feel like we're gonna have at least four more opportunities for you to bring the crazy oh, thank in God. the impending sequels of this franchise but Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Nice. Well, here it is with your fun facts. Phantasm fun facts. Mustard crab fun facts. Oh, mustard <laughs> crab fun facts. So this was the lowest budgeted film Universal produced in the eighties. Wow. wow. Okay. I'm actually more surprised that Universal did this than it was their lowest budget one. That one makes sense. Yeah. I'm just surprised that Universal made this. Well, and the budget for this was 10 times larger than the original. Yeah. Uh, now, why did Universal do this? I don't know. Did they lose a bet? No. One of their board members was a horror fan and had seen the original, but was also the director's former attorney. There you go. Okay. There you go. Um, now, at around six minutes into the film, a sequence involving an entire house exploding was filmed using a real house. Now, how did they do that, right? Uh, so it was in the path of the California 105 freeway that was being built at the time. Okay. So the production company bought the house for $500 from the state of California under the condition that they would move it from the site and detonate it. Uh, the original house was one story, but a second story facade was added to make it match the house from the first film. Uh, they did have fire department and safety officers on site, but they kept restricting the amount of explosive due to the fact that the house was near the airport. The 105 actually goes right by LAX. Uh, so by the PCP. I got it. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> when asked what movie the scene was being filmed for and they told people Phantasm 2, the guy uh, said the, their safety officer said for Phantasm blow the hell out of it <laughs> and actually allowed them to use as many explosives as they wanted despite the safety restrictions. Uh, and so it was shot with six cameras, very choreographed because they could only do it once, yeah. including all of the actual actors and a young Lori Laughlin who was doubling for young Mike. So you were right. What? It was... Not the Lori Laughlin you're thinking of. Oh, okay. I don't believe. But still. I'll double check, but I don't I don't think it's the same. I mean, how many Lori Laughlins are there and in movies? It's spelled differently. I'm oh, gonna is it? double. It's gotta be someone different then. But it's only it's only one letter off. 
So maybe, but time-wise, that doesn't really work. She would have probably been too old. Maybe it is. I don't know. So this also doubled as Reggie's house when the tall man killed his family. So it's the same explosion shot from a different angle. Um, so the production company kept their word and removed what was left of the house so that the state of California would give them a credit for it. So obviously they had to recast the role of Mike because it's been a seven-year time jump. And uh, Brad Pitt actually originally auditioned for it because this was way back in the day. Oh, my God. Imagine if we had Brad Pitt as oh. Mike. Oh, my God. Okay, to be sorry. honest, now that I'm thinking about it, it might be Lori Laughlin. I don't know. But, like, it's the person who did it is named Lori Laughlin. Maybe the same, maybe not. Yeah, okay. Reggie does all of his own stunt work for the film. Of course. Except for the scene where he had to jump over a chainsaw, and it was only because they wouldn't let him do it. He was fully willing to, and they were like, you're going to hurt yourself. No. That scene is insane, too. Like, the that whole chainsaw fight scene is nuts. His wife was present on the set the day he shot the love scene with the girl who plays alchemy. So, so she was, funny. like, just off screen. That explains why everyone is sort of fully clothed. I mean, I guess alchemy isn't fully clothed, but she still has her panties on. Like, And he has all of his clothes on. All of his clothes <laughs> yeah. on. Don Coscarelli, the writer and director, had to agree to a number of conditions in order for Universal to make this movie. One, uh, they had to have a linear plot line with voiceover narrations to explain what was going on. They weren't allowed to show dream sequences without explaining that they were dream sequences. They had to add a female lead as a love interest for Mike. Of course. And they wanted to recast both a Michael Baldwin and Reggie Bannister because they were unknown and been out of the movie business. However, in the end, he had to kind of make a concession. He was allowed to keep one of the two uh, and replace the other. So this is where he keeps Reggie uh, and then they recast Mike. But then a Michael Baldwin actually comes back in the next movie. So he's able to get both of them back in the next one. Really? Okay. So A. Yeah. Michael Baldwin did the first one and the third one then, I guess, from what you're saying? Right. You guys called out the scene with the bone fragments that say Sam Raimi. Yes. Now, he actually, Sam Raimi, showed up during production and was on set during Phantasm 2. Okay, it is the same Lori Laughlin. Is it? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yes. I was just able to confirm that. Yeah, right. okay, cool. So Reggie Bannister had actually quit acting between the first Phantasm and this one, and at the time worked for a funeral home embalming bodies. Of course he did. Oh, my God. He has actually worked fairly steady since this, though. Oh, yeah. I've seen him a couple other things. But, yeah, he took like a seven, eight-year gap from Phantasm 1 to Phantasm 2 and then, you know. Got famous. Yeah. So the cast and crew used to jokingly refer to the gold sphere as Rambo during sphere filming. Okay. Because it just kills the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Now, the spheres allegedly are inspired by a short story by Philip K. Dick called Second Variety, but you could also definitely draw some parallels between Dune. There's a lot of Dune in this one and the last one for sure. I felt like there was way more Dune in the last one, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's still pretty Dune-y. Yeah. Now, James LaGrosse, who plays... Mike in this movie the guy who went on to work in a bunch of TV yeah had a great time on set got along well with everybody and they all say that everyone had a great experience with him however a Michael Baldwin because he loses that role allegedly has remained pretty bitter about it and in the commentary for Phantasm 3 he refers to Phantasm 2 as the film which shan't be named oh wow come on he says he considers it a terrible movie I was like they're all bad what are you talking yeah, about yeah I mean he's not wrong but yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the headstones in the 
uh, graveyard says Alex Murphy. It's a reference to RoboCop. Okay. So the scene in which Father Myers loses an ear was shot by having him lie on a table with the camera on its side, which gave him the appearance of standing upright. And the sphere was dropped by his head with the fake ear appliance pulled off by little wires. Man, it was pretty effective. It though. looks like, great. It really does, especially for 88. It looks great. Yeah. I yes. like all the effects. Yeah. Um, this is the first movie to introduce the gold sphere, uh, which will show up in later films, but it's the first one, first time we see it. Oh, okay. Oh, the gold yeah. sphere, level two. A love scene between Liz and Mike with them appearing in different locations throughout was filmed but cut from the final version because it was confusing to audiences. That does not at all surprise me, but I love that. Same. Now, because the man uh, who designed the original spheres, Willard Green, had passed away, they decided to design newer, deadlier spheres, uh, including the ultimate gold sphere, nicknamed Rambo, Mm -hmm. to basically kind of put to bed the old spheres and get a new one. So like, you know, honor the work he did and then move on. However, um, the new spheres were created by Steve Patino and his 15-year-old assistant, uh, (laughs) Steve Coderoneo, who unfortunately Steve Patino passed away only a couple years after this movie came out. Oh, wow. Okay. There's a a really, I don't know that the spheres are cursed, but like a lot of people who have created spheres for these... Yeah, it sounds like seem, they're cursed, though, Paige. To die. Yeah. yeah, they seem to unfortunately pass away. A price I'm willing for them to pay so I can enjoy these films. <laughs> now, for the prologue where they had to add those scenes, Reggie Bannister had to dye his hair darker to look as young as he did during the first one. Yeah. So that's the main thing they did. And then again, Michael is mostly played by a dummy in that. And then occasionally Lori Laughlin. Awesome. And Alchemy, the character of Alchemy, was originally written as a buxom blonde in the script to mirror the bucks and blondes from the first film. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Phantasm II in 1998? I know, so I have to recuse myself. Okay, Mikey, do you want to guess? $7 million. That is not a bad guess. It was actually $3 million, but again, okay. it's 1998. If you adjust that for inflation, that's $7.6 million, Mikey. So like, if you would pre-adjusted for inflation be very very close now this movie came out on july 8th 1988 it was number nine in the theaters the week it came out there were 11 movies in the theaters total that weekend (laughs) so it only beat two movies the two movies it beat was the great outdoors and ricky and pete both of those had been out for at least a month at that point. Uh, The number one movie in America that week was Coming to America. Number two was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Number three was Arthur II on the Rocks. Number four was Big. And number five was Bull Durham. There were a lot of big movies in the theaters when Phantasm II came out. But what do you think Phantasm II made in its opening weekend when it was number nine at the box office? I'm going to say one million. Okay, I'll say two. Guys, it made $3 million its opening weekend. Good for it. Yeah, good Yeah, the for number it. five movie, Bull Durham, made $3.9 million. And Phantasm, that was in ninth place, made $3 million. Like, a lot of movies that weekend hit that $3 million marker right there. Movies such as Short Circuit 2 that made $3.8 million that weekend or Crocodile Dundee 2 that made $3.2 million that same weekend. Anyway, this movie was only in theaters for one more week, but what do you think it brought in total domestically at the box office? 
$5 million. Paige, you want to guess? I'm going to go $9 million. Okay, so the total that I have is almost $7.3 million in the box office. But if you adjust that for inflation, that bumps it up to $18.5 million today. So it made money. And they, I guess they keep making them. So I guess they all sort of made money. But they are low-budget horror, so it doesn't take a lot to make their money back. But that is your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah, our scary scale, listeners, is a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the <laughs> the film today. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Paige. Um, this is a one for me. Todd. I'll say it. I think it's a little bit scarier than the original, but it's still a one. It's not scary. I also think it's one. Yeah. And that's our scary scale. So this week, you made us all watch Phantasm 2. What movie are you making us watch next week, guys? We are making Todd even though we know he doesn't want to. We are making Todd watch Hellraiser 2. It's high time we did another Hellraiser. God, I don't like him either, but here we go. Todd whipped. (laughs) All right, so your homework for next week is to just explain to me how Hellraiser got a sequel as we watch Hellraiser 2. I bet it's better. I bet it's better than the first one. Oh, no. It's got to be, right? They've made so many. Okay, whatever. But your homework is to watch Hellraiser 2 and then check back for that episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their reviewer on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Uh, I'm going to read Frustrated Really. Well, what does Frustrated Really have to say? They say the best horror podcast around. Hell yeah. Paige, Mikey, Todd, y'all are the best crew in podcast history. The dreaded Mondays are survivable only because of y'all's incredible uploads. Be blessed and keep up the good work. Much love. Five stars. Well, Frustrated Really, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm. than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable, that's fine, but if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash virgin. We also link it like once a week, so just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box, so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch 
while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. And if you haven't noticed, since October 1st, we have been running the new Horror Virgin blog. And when I say we, I really mean Katie from the Facebook group. She's been running everything. She's like the managing editor of the Horror Virgin blog. So if you haven't been to our Horror Virgin blog, go check it out. It's at horrorvirgin.com slash blog. You'll see it. It's awesome. There's a lot of great articles. I mean, at the end of October, we have 31 awesome articles up, but check out our awesome Horror Virgin blog up now. This episode was brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenagers have been driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenagers driving her crazy this week? She keeps growing crab legs out of her forehead. I don't like that. And Tia, I understand why you would be bothered by your teenager doing that. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan. And Jonathan wants to make us watch some videos. So I'm going to steal your screens and force you to watch this video sent by Jonathan. It is not this ad. Oh. It's Duke Dermot the Giver reprise. I'm very confused as to why he's walking out of the ocean dressed like Jesus, but... It's called The Giver, so this is so confusing. Now they're getting attacked by seagulls. This is such a weird music video. <laughs> it's like Jesus like doing miracles, but then people having negative repercussions because of it, and that to me is sort of funny. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for the love and support and interesting videos. Uh, we now return you to another episode of The, the Patreonicals. Okay, welcome back to this thing. <clears throat> okay, we're going to get through it. Let's do it, Mikey. I know you're feeling sick. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to delay recording, so I like power through. I felt like I brought the energy for like most of the episode, and like the last yeah, twenty minutes, I kind of yeah. died. All right, patriarchals this week. A genie comes out and stops the Santa Maria and the Death Moon, and is like, "Look, you all get one wish, but it's not like a big wish. It's like a small wish." And it won't change anything too much. So temper your expectations on your wish is what I'm saying. But congratulations. Yes. So Isaac, he wishes for to not be a cannibal anymore. And he is no longer a cannibal. Wow. Honestly, it's about time because he's been a cannibal since the ravenous episode. That is a long time ago. That's a long. That's years, guys. I wasn't even on that episode. No, you sounded very different. Kate wishes for rollerblades. So she got rollerblades. Wow. I mean, they did say mediocre wishes, so that makes sense. Karun and Natasha wished for their home planet to be back. Wait, does he do it? Can he do no, that? he does not do it. Oh, I was about to say, because if Kate wished for rollerblades mm -hmm. expecting like medium wishes, and then he's like, oh yeah, I could totally bring a planet back. I'd be like, fuck, why'd I wish for rollerblades? But he gets them a big snow globe with their planet inside it and millions of snowflakes in there. I actually oh. really do like that he was like, I can't do that, but here is a nice keepsake that'll make you cry. Aaron, the moon general, wished for a new torture rack to torture Wes the handsome dude on. I get it. Wes the handsome dude wished to escape and go over to the other <laughs> ship. And he said, no, son. And so Wes said, "Yeah, I no longer want to feel pain. <gasps> they granted that wish. Wow, okay. That's kind of a superpower in and of itself. Dreskel from the Illuminati was like, I want to be in charge again. And they're like, nah, dog. And then, um, so he wished for a suit like Iron Man. So he gets an Iron Man suit. Wow. So Kate got rollerblades and this motherfucker's got an Iron Man suit. Yep. I mean, Kate's already got tele telepathy. So like she's doing okay, but. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's good. Yeah. 
Allie the mermaid wished for a room on the ship that looks like a fish tank, and at the bottom it has the treasure chest that opens with the bubbles, and so that's what and she like the got. scuba diver like standy, uh-huh. yeah, I Wait, love it, yeah, so I love she it. She sleeps there now. Uh, and Florida man Boezy, he just wished for a bunch of Bud Light, and he got his wish. Nice. Wait, was he gonna shoot like an assault rifle at them, or was he gonna drink them? He's going to drink them. Nice. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Florida man is more libertarian. That actually sadly checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeremy with the laser eyes and the cybernetic toe was like, I've learned my lesson. I don't want to wish for a new toe, but I wish for a stranger to have their toe back. And so the genie granted that wish. That's wow. A, that's, that's what we call a fucking arc, okay? Yeah. That's what we call hashtag growth brooks right there. Yeah. Yep. Limmy, the new Mun Queen, she wishes for a death laser for the death Mun Star. And he's like, nah, bitch. And so she's like, I want a crown made of the bones of my enemies. And so he granted that risk of people she's already killed. So she has a really cool bone crown. Nice. Okay, cool. As long as no one else was harmed, that's fine. Alex, the evil magician, wished for to be a better musician than Harry Houdini. And she was like, no. And not possible. Then, sorry. Not possible. And then but gave him a new illusion in his top hat. So he's got a new top hat that does really good illusions. Okay, cool. Anytime he needs a rabbit, he's got the hat for that. Lauren, the cave person, wishes for a futuristic club. So she gets like a cybernetic metal club, and we don't know what it does yet. Mr. Ragebomb, he asked for the ability to also make fireworks, and so he got that granted. Oh, I love that now he can do something that's not as violent. Like if he wants to Mm -hmm. expel his anger... He can yeah. just do a pretty fireworks display. Vance, who is H.H. Holmes, wished that he could murder more people. And then, but this, and he asked for knives that he could grow knives out of his arms and then take them out. So that's what his new ability. Like Weapon X. But they like, come out like kitchen knives. They just oh, like, come oh, out I like a full you. set okay. of kitchen knives. Yeah. Okay. So he's like a Cutco salesman. Yeah, he's like that block of wood. Oh, yeah. so he's like, okay, okay, okay. Well, yeah, but same thing. He's like, these things that I pull out of my hands can cut this tin can open. Oh, yeah. Like, let me cut your shoes in half with my skin knife. Yeah. Yeah. Radica, the heavy metal bitch, asked for a new amp. Got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. But in all fairness, Paige, it is an amp that you could strap to the front of a flame truck and Hell play yeah. bass solos on. So, like, she needed that amp. Yeah. Yes. Sunzi, the AI robot made of nanoprobes, was like, I think I want a real body. And the gene's like, no, no, no. He's like, does not compute. I can't give you a whole body, dog. But he got an RC car, futuristic RC car. Hell yeah. So he can drive around in that? Mm-hmm. Nice. Andrew, the last Russian astronaut, wished that he had authentic space food from the 60s. And he had a case of it just appear right in front of me. So he good. was like, you know what I really want? Dipping dots, bro. Hell yeah, ice cream of the future. Yeah, space ice cream. Jennifer with a PH who now controls force fields and is on the good guy ship wishes for forgiveness from all of her teammates. And then they grant it to her and they all cry. Oh, that's more growth. I love it. Yeah. Captain Bruder wishes for a kick-ass telescope thing that captains have. Oh, like the ones you hold that like, you know, telescope in and out so you can Uh see. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. But for space, he gets that. He's like, I want Jack Sparrow's looking scope or whatever those things are called. Spyglass. Ooh, yeah. Anthony, the Time Lord, he wishes for a time grenade. And so he got got a time. And it's a grenade that stops time. Does he put it inside a ripped in half beer can and then tie the grenade to a door? Not, Not yet. But Florida man hasn't started drinking his beer yet. 
Oh, shit. And that's the Patreonicles today. Well, I guess we'll have to find out next week what happens on another episode of The Patreonicles. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it oogie spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. Somebody send Mikey some chicken soup, nerds. I'm sleepy times. Yeah.